Hi and welcome to the Pippin Pets Dog Training Podcast. I'm Jo, I'm a certified separation anxiety pro trainer and also PACT and ABTC accredited trainer. This podcast is all about general dog training and separation anxiety. So happy listening. January 2024, a new type of dog has been added to the Dangerous Dog Act, the breed-specific legislation. But what is this? What does it all mean? So in 1991, there was a spate of really bad dog attacks, and a lot of the victims were children. There was a huge outcry, so the government introduced the Dangerous Dogs Act, because certain dogs were deemed to be more dangerous than others. And several dogs were added to the list where it's become basically illegal to own the dog and have them free roaming. We all know that all dogs can bite, all dogs can attack. But at the time, it was deemed that certain breeds were way more dangerous. And this covers, the act was introduced to cover the area where dogs are bred for fighting. And it prohibits the ownership of certain types of dog And this is really controversial. This part is the breed-specific legislation. In the original act, any dogs of the banned types were placed under mandatory destruction order, i.e. they were automatically euthanized. The law also means you've got to keep dogs under control. And this criminal offence for any type of dog or breed of dog to be dangerously out of control and the owners can be prosecuted. The third part of the act covers court orders to destroy dogs and ban owners on keeping dogs for a period of time. And the original act made it illegal to allow your dog to be dangerously out of control. In 2014, it was extended to include private property, including homes and gardens. Dangerously out of control means your dog injures someone or makes someone believe, strongly believe that it would injure them. There is a defence if your dog is defending your home from an intruder, but actually it's not within the garden. So again, your dog chasing a delivery person could be deemed under the Dangerous Dog Act. Jail sentences have increased. So it can be up to 14 years for a fatal dog attack. And it used to be just two years. And assistance dogs are also covered under this as well. So there's a jail sentence of three years if your dog is attacks an assistance dog. Breed-specific legislation part hasn't changed. Each dog has to be assessed on its merit as to whether it belongs to one of the banned types. And it's the Pitbull Terrier, the Japanese Tozer, the Doggo Argentino, and the Fila Brasileiro. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. And as of a few weeks ago, it's now the XL Bully. Like um, an American Bulldog type, because you can get different sizes, but it's not a purely recognized breed certainly in the uk and so there's vague description about measurement and what it looks like and this bit is very controversial but if your dog fits any of those five now five types it's illegal to breed sell give away or abandon them or any crossbreeds of them so if they're deemed not to be a danger then there's certain restrictions They have to have a certificate of exemption and put on the list. The dog must be neutered and microchipped. 
Now, puppies don't have to be neutered straight away. They obviously have to grow first. And the guideline is about a year old that they need to be neutered by. My personal opinion, they're still growing and developing. But these are the rules. The dog must be muzzled and on a lead at all times in a public place. The muzzle needs to be a basket type muzzle. The fabric ones that clamp the mouth shut are really unhealthy. Your dog is likely to die very quickly because they can't pant, they can't drink, and actually they're not strong enough. Your dog can break them easily. The basket muzzle allows them to, to pant, to, to drink, everything else. They take treats, but your dog needs to be introduced to the muzzle slowly and carefully so they do accept it. Some people say, oh, the dog's in a cage. Well, actually, I've worked with dogs in muzzles and not because they're dangerous, but because they eat things, they pick things up they should, that they shouldn't. And do you know what? They, have, they can sniff, they have greater scent work. It just keeps the dog safe because they can't grab. And on the lead at all times in a public place, this is even in your car, you're out in public, and this is a fixed length lead. I believe the guidelines is two meters and no longer. So you can't have them on a 30 meter long line and you certainly can't use a retractable lead on them. At home, it must be kept securely. So your garden needs to be really secure to prevent escape. You need to notify of any changes of addresses. So if you move home and the owner must hold third party liability insurance and the dogs trust um, have a policy there that anyone can join very nominal fee per year. The dog has to be registered to one person. So if you're one person of a couple, then only one person is responsible for the dog. And this can be a challenge because if there's a breakup or anything, this can be really problematic because a person it's registered to may be doing the longer hour works and therefore you can't rehome the dog, you can't give it away. It really limits the options. And you've got to make sure that there's no one under 16 holding the lead of the dog. The only time ownership can be transferred is if the owner dies or becomes seriously ill. So once you have an exempted dog, you have it for life. We talked about the third party liability insurance, but it's really hard to get health insurance for your dog. So this is a huge expense to consider because you're unlikely to be able to have health insurance to cover the vet fees. So there's quite a lot of restrictions. It doesn't mean your dog's life is over. I know many a dog that are on lead for their walks because maybe for health reasons, joint issues, really bad recall, but they can still have an amazing time. If you have an exempted dog, you can still use um, freedom fields, secure dog fields. You need to have one person for each exempted dog. You need to have one handler for the XL bully and one handler for the Labrador. If you're a single person with two dogs, one of them is an exempted breed, this is gonna be a challenge for you. If you have two XL bullies and then maybe a Staffy, I'm just picking breeds out on the top of my head here, then you need three people. You need one for each XL bully and then one for the other types of dogs. And this is where getting dog walkers and daycare is gonna be quite problematic. Because again, the ratio has to be one handler dedicated to one of the exempt breed dogs, and then another handler for the non-exempt breed dogs. So you can't have a so one dog walker with a group of dogs, which may include an XL bully. 
because then they'll need two people. And most dog walkers, they work on their own majority of the time. Now this legislation has been brought in and there's been a huge, huge panic for people because without being able to afford the vet fees, the costs, it's nearly a hundred pound for the exemption. And sadly, a lot of landlords are really making life challenging because their insurance doesn't cover exempt breeds in their properties. And most of the time, it's not the landlord's fault, it's their insurance. So many owners have had to choose whether we stay in our rented accommodation or we have to lose the dog. We can't stay where we are and keep the dog. It's choosing you between your home and your pet. And there's even been cases where there's children. So if you choose your dog, social services allegedly are saying, well, the children need to be removed. There's been some really tough choices. And I do feel for these owners because sometimes it's not just a case of a choice. It's if I keep the dog, I have to live on the streets. And actually then the dog won't be allowed because it's got to be kept in a secure area. A lot of owners suddenly have had the most awful decisions to make. Yes, there's been some people that I've seen on Facebook going, oh, oh, I might put my dog up because I've seen that people are offering homes for dogs. Not that these dogs are in any in any problem. They're in, they're in safe, secure accommodation. It's just, oh, they see there's people offering homes. The trouble is, it's for the rescues. So a lot of these dogs have been given up to, for rescues and the rescues have really struggled to find the homes because the rehoming law applies to them. Scotland is not covered under this new law. So there's been a huge shift to transport these XL bullies that haven't found homes before the, the closing date, let's call it that, at the end of the year. They were moved up to Scotland, but the rescues there were struggling. So many of the rescues have almost done a swap. So we'll take on, say, two XL bullies if you take on these two other breeds back down to England. And so it's been really hard. And then Scotland's going to end up with a disproportionate amount of XL bullies. I'm sure, like I say, dog lovers would love to take the breeds, but sometimes those breeds aren't suitable for their home. They are large dogs and it may not be suitable for them. Or, you know, the owner was looking for a small terrier rather than a large bull breed. It's moving the problem around, but there's a lot of problems with this. Yes, the bull breeds and other breeds are bred to kill large prey. That's just what they were originally intended for. That's in their DNA. And with that, when they bite on, they don't let go. Because if they let go, quite often, the prey, the large prey, the buffaloes or whatever, will run off. So they have very powerful jaws and they grab and they cling on and they hold on tight. But this is where they can potentially do a lot of damage because of that tenaciousness. Yes, other breeds bite. In fact, one of the major dog insurance companies, a lot of the data that they've got in, they listed all the dogs that were the perpetrators of attacks. The top of the list 
of dogs attacking others, Labradors, not XL bullies. Labradors have been the most prolific ones to attack. This could be for a variety of reasons. Labradors are one of the most popular dogs in the country. So there's proportionately a lot more. And also with Labradors, a lot of people have this misconception that they're automatic guide dogs. Most aren't. And I know of so many dog owners where Labradors have attacked their dogs. This is me included. My girl was attacked by two Labradors earlier this year, and she's still working through the emotional trauma of that. And it's not just small dogs. My friend has large breeds, Labradors attack there. Almost everything I see is about Labradors charging up, biting, attacking other dogs of all sizes. And then I have actually been told I'm a liar because Labradors don't bite, Labradors don't attack. We've got to get rid of this misconception that Labradors are perfect and it's everyone else and all other breeds. All dogs can attack, all dogs bite. It's up to us to be responsible and socialise them, guide them. And it's not just letting a dog charge up to any dog. We've got to manage them. There has to be boundaries in place. And you can do that using reward training. You can do that using great methods. So you're really strengthening the relationship with your dog, but you also are guiding them, but they've got to have manners as well. Small dogs, large dogs, they can all attack. Another thing I've seen is, because obviously there's been a lot of conversations, a lot of Facebook posts, there's been a huge amount in the press and a huge amount on social media about this. And I see this statement quite often. I've got a real problem with it. And it says, there's no such thing as bad dogs, only bad owners. And I beg to differ. There are dogs who are genetically wired, problematic, health, stress, whatever. There are some dogs that just really, really, really can't be helped because it is their genetic wiring. Just that it's for humans. This is why... There's a small minority that are like serial killers and nothing and nothing will ever, ever help them. And you can't say that all humans are great because that's not true. All dogs aren't great. Some of them, a small minority, are just genetically wired that way that they can't be helped. Many dogs do respond to training and some dogs are just so easy that you're just blessed, absolutely blessed. And this is where the breeding and everything comes in. The XL bullies, we'll come back to those, it's a small gene pool. There is an element of, if there's a small gene pool, almost incestuous matings, and there's gonna be problems. There's gonna be some genetic things going on there. And there's gonna be genetic things we can't control. Many decent breeders, they look at not only size, shape, but they look at health, they look at temperament, they look at genetic lines, and they really do try to do a really good job in creating not only healthy, but mentally stable, or certainly more mentally stable dogs. But then you have the other extreme where for just for looks, you get people breeding just for looks with no regard for health or temperament, 
stress, anxiety, genetics, the whole thing that can affect a puppy. And this is where status dogs come in. You know, these poor puppies, there's been no thought about genetic lines. They're brought into the world literally from the first day. They have their ears cropped, which is illegal, by the way. But their ears are mutilated off. And don't think it's done in any nice vet environment because obviously it's an illegal practice. So these dogs are going through a huge amount of trauma, then probably not treated as well. And the aggression side is almost promoted. I would hazard a guess that they don't use reward training because we try and use that to help dogs and encourage dogs. There, they're probably using more aggressive techniques to bring out the aggressive tendencies. There is um, a case where probably one of the early XL bullies was almost like a caricature of what the dogs were. Really big, muscly dog. So it was used as a stud dog and for money. So imagine the amount of money because this dog was prolific in the breeding. All the litters, virtually 99% of them had to be euthanized before the age of two because of really extreme aggression tendencies. And these are dogs that were put into great homes. So it's not just they were put in for status and, oh, look at me, I look hard kind of category. But some of these went into loving, loving homes, families, they nurtured, they did everything right. But these dogs just turned. So this is where the concept of, oh, there's no such thing as a bad dog doesn't really ring true. But then the person who owned this specific stud dog didn't stop, knew the result, didn't stop, all for the money. There are always going to be people looking to sort of show off with their tough looking dog. In the past, it was probably German Shepherds, then it was the Staffies, and then it was the XL Bullies. And the search rate for dogs like Cane Corsos and Presa Canarios, again, big, muscly, large dogs, the search history for them has gone up like 40% in just a few days since this XL Bully ban was implemented. So the idea for having status dogs is always going to be there. Sadly, also, with an XL Bully not being even a recognised breed over here, it's done on measurements. And there's so many other dogs that meet those criteria that don't have any of those in them. Um, you can get like a, a Staffy lab. The lab side is going to bring the height up. The Staffy is going to produce like the broader skull. And then you've got this dog that fits the XL bully, but isn't, but they are potentially, the owners are going to be prosecuted or have the dogs taken away, even though it's nothing like an XL bully. But what this whole act doesn't address is the reasons for the attack. We need to understand what it is. And it's not about specific breeds. I think whenever you get a dog, you have to have some awareness of what the breed was bred for. We're not always going to know exactly what the dog's going to be like because you can have a litter with identical parents, but different dogs within the same litter are going to behave differently. They've got different personalities. Even if they're all raised in the same way, they're all going to be different. And experiences are going to be different as they grow up and, and live with their families. You can probably tell that the 
I don't believe the very specific legislation, the BSL, the Dangerous Dog Act, is really fit for purpose. It really needs a huge overhaul because there's lots of dogs being destroyed that don't actually come under this act, but because they maybe look a certain way, there's a lack of knowledge to identify these dogs. There's certainly a lack of um, being able to um, get assistance and help. I mean, around where I live, you can't even report a dog attack because there is no dog warden. There is no one to report to. The police won't deal with a dog-dog attack. And so it's really, really challenging because there's no backup on the act. There's very, very, very few prosecutions. So although the um, sentencing terms have been raised, not many people get prosecuted. It's really, really hard to get any of that done. The other thing is, it's not just the breeds. So having something just for the breed is not really going to be working. You've got to look at the each individual dog. So there's no point having certain breeds banned, but actually a lot of them are just great genetics, great upbringing, and actually really, really very, very lovely members of society. And yet you can get a little chihuahua or terrier that can attack regularly and mauled other dogs and they get away with it basically. So rather than actual breeds, we've got to look at other ways. And this is maybe where you bring back dog licensing. So there has to be a register of all dogs, but also there's got to be some compulsory training element. You can't just take a dog in regardless of breed and just expect magic to happen. There's got to be an element of it, but the trainers need to be registered. There needs to be a lot more regulation in the whole animal sector. At the moment, anybody can do anything with any method and you just need to look across social media and TV and yeah, lots of questionable methods, which don't actually help dogs. In fact, it makes them worse. And it's not necessarily the most popular people that are the best because they just got a massive marketing machine behind them and probably spend more marketing than education on dogs, my view. A lot more about compulsory understanding dogs, understanding body language, learning about dogs. If you're going to have, well, they're not all wild, most of them are cute and cuddly, but you're going to have in your home an animal with teeth and a mindset of its own that you are responsible for then you have to have some kind of compulsory way to make sure you understand what it is you're taking on. As I said, a lot of people just find puppies cute. It's very hard to find them not cute, but a dog is a whole different concept. An adolescent dog is a whole different level beyond that. And most people are completely unaware. So I do feel for everyone who has a large dog, even if it isn't one of the banned breeds, Anyone who has an XL bully and has fallen into this new legislation, anyone who has got just a large looking breed that is not an XL bully, but maybe like a Mastiff cross or something, don't just automatically jump to conclusions. Do you know what? A lot of these owners who are keeping their dogs and a lot of owners who have gone to exempt their dogs just because they meet these vague, very vague outlines of what the dog should look like i.e just large short hair got legs got a tail kind of thing 
give them a bit of slack. Most of them are doing their best. Most of them, like I say, it's a whole new concept for the dogs. Give them space because it's been a stressful time for them. Just because a dog has got a muzzle on doesn't mean it's aggressive. Before this ban, I saw many dogs wearing muzzles just because they've had stick injuries in their mouth and the owners don't want them picking up sticks or they're very good at snaffling food that they shouldn't have. So they put the basket muzzle on to stop the dogs eating things they shouldn't. These are just responsible owners. So a lot of these XL bullies, they can't run around anymore. It is going to be very different. So don't let your dog just charge up to them. Trying to hold a dog that's on a lead with another dog running around is difficult enough whether you've got a small dog or a large breed. So be respectful. Ask permission. And I would do that if you saw any dog on a lead, regardless of one that is under this exemption or not. That's just being courteous. So don't be afraid of them. Most of them are really soppy, really friendly. The owners are just doing the best they can. They don't need criticism. They don't need judgment. Seeing a dog in a muzzle is not scary. And just give these people a little bit of slack. They're going through the most stressful time at the moment. It's difficult. It's challenging for them. So just be nice. The law isn't going to change. I think definitely there's areas where it should. I mean, at the moment, dogs are classified as objects, not living, breathing, thinking beings. But the law... As I say, these things go very, very slowly. Politicians debate this, but most of them don't really understand concept of dogs and things like that. It's a shame that it's not arranged so there's more professionals advising and they actually listen. All we can do is our best. Look out for all the owners that have been going through this huge emotional turmoil the last few months. You know, just give them thanks that they're doing the best they can They're following what is a very horrible law for them, but just help them along. Be kind, be courteous, be pleasant, and let's all make it safer for everybody. Whether you're a dog owner or a dog lover or not, all we want is a safe world for everybody. Whatever we think about the changes to the the DDA and the addition of the XL bully onto the Bounder Breeds, masses amount we can do we can still make our voices heard but for everyone that's living through this at the moment just be respectful and we'll all get along much better to find out more about pippin pets dog training and how we can help you look at our website pippinpetsdogtraining.co.uk or find us on facebook at pippin pets